How's everybody doing? This is surreal. Is yeah. It? So, uh, Jordy, meet Jordan, finally, officially, on a call hey. Hello. Jordan, meet Jordy, Jordy, meet Jordan, officially. On this is like the first time you've ever had multiple co-hosts on at once. Yeah, it is. True. Um, Fight for dominance. COVID-19 forcing us to, um, to do things outside of my comfort zone. I feel like having multiple co-hosts would be even easier, though, because now you don't have to listen to me complain about how 90s games were better. <laughs> Which is something we're going to get to with Final Fantasy VII. Ah, uh, 90s games were better. Actually, I think we, can just, we can just start with that, since you brought it up. Oh, gosh. Jordy, have you got a chance to play it, to play the remake? Uh, no, but I've, I've been watching other people play it. Okay. So. And as... Did, did you play the original, the original Final Fantasy VII? I, I, I did, yeah. Okay. Yes, okay. So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, so as someone that has seen the original Final Fantasy VII, or seen decent enough chunks of the original Final Fantasy VII, what are your thoughts as kind of an observer as to the remake? Um, I feel like it hits different. Because, like, it does when you... It does hit different because the originally like it's very nostalgic but when i'm watching the new gameplay i was just like i don't feel it i don't feel the same emotions i did when i first played it mm. but it was nice visually i guess so i i know that jordan's <laughs> gonna have something to say about that and jordan's gonna agree with you on that you know, I'm actually really excited that Jordy is so disappointed because that makes me feel validated. Um, the, re <laughs> the remake is beautifully done. Like, it's a gorgeous game. Uh, there were some great right. and if you um, lurk around the subreddit that exists for it, they kind of jump into detail about some of the, like, the graphical errors, but it's nothing like game-breaking. Um, to me, the biggest critique of the game is really just how they made adjustments, creative retellings of the original story. And as I've tried to explain to you before, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, people are going to enjoy it. Like, if this is your first introduction to Final Fantasy VII, then you're going to probably love it. But if you're like me, who grew up with Final Fantasy VII, and kind of went into this with the hype of two decades worth of, ooh, remake. And then this is what your remake experience is. It's kind of like, oh, well, they did the thing that they said they weren't going to do, but they did it anyway. So my, my Final Fantasy experience, I feel like, is, is unique. I was going through a really tough time medically at the end of high school. I, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, but I didn't know what it was. And it's under control now, thankfully. Take meds for it. It's all good. I had seen Final Fantasy VII Advent Children in just the movie. I had never played Final Fantasy VII, the original, but I had watched Friends. So I was kind of in a position that Jordy was describing where all of my friends were playing Final Fantasy VII, the original. I played the first three and a half hours, maybe twice, <laughs> um, really enjoyed it, but never actually played the original. Um, until after I saw Advent Children. But the Advent Children movie itself, I liked so much because I'm, I'm into 
a lot of Asian cinema and Korean and Japanese cinema in, in particular. With the live action cinema, there's a lot of like really intense, way, way over the top, like people running on buildings and doing backflips and going, you know, 80 feet in the air. And that's exactly what Advent Children was. It was that kind of Asian style cinema and the direct commentary says as such. So I fell in love with it because I like that kind of thing. And then I started playing all the Final Fantasy games from starting with, except for the first six. But I started with seven, then I played eight, um, skipped nine, then replayed 10. But when I played seven in its entirety, I was like 20, maybe 20, 21, mm -hmm. something like that. And it was the first time I'd experienced the full game. And I played it all after I saw Advent Children because Advent Children inspired me to play the original game and also to play eight and to replay 10. But so much so that I got this tattoo with the Buster Sword, Ooh. this one, before I even played Final Fantasy VII, the original. What? <laughs> because I liked the movie and I liked Japanese cinema and Korean cinema at the time so much. And that movie really kind of helped me uh, with finding some just, just enough inner strength to be able to not get super depressed when I was in and out of the hospital trying to figure out what was wrong with my GI tract. You know what I mean? So maybe that's why it, it, it hits so different for me. But I also, we can talk about like what we like, what we look for in a video game all day long. But as far as the remake was concerned, that's my asterisk. That's my personal experience with the remake. I have literally loved and gushed about every single second Though I can understand why Jordan and Jordy might be like, uh, I have some questions. Hmm. Well, like, uh, first off, like, when you said Japanese cinema with uh, Advent Children, immediately all I can think of is when they're just chucking each other into the sky to fight uh, Bahamut. And yes. <laughs> I'm like, hold on. There's that <laughs> entire scene where they're just like throwing up Cloud, catching him and tossing him higher and higher. And I'm like, that's not how any of that works. But I mean, Adam Children was an okay movie. When I first saw it, I saw the um, the edited version for the States, which I don't know if you knew this, but there is a version that we got. And then there was an original version. And the original version ended up getting released anyway. And all it really did was just add like an extra uh, like five minutes of footage. But it was a pretty uh, cool extra five minutes. There's a, they, it mostly came at the expense of the fight scene between Cloud and Sephiroth. But um, also, you should really, I'm not going to let you sl slide this one by, but you should really go back and give Final Fantasy IX a chance because Sakaguchi and Ito did an amazing job with uh, IX. Like, as far as Final Fantasies that followed Seven goes, IX's probably my favorite. Actually, it's, it's, it's on my list of, of Final Fantasy games to stream because my Final Fantasy, yeah, my, my disc, wow, what is wrong with me today? Discord Final Fantasy, my Twitch channel is becoming a Final Fantasy channel. That's what I was trying to say because words are hard. Um, <laughs> Jordy, what Final Fantasy games have you played officially? Um... <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, I played a little of eight. 
Uh, I played a little of nine. Um, I played fully through 10 and 10 two. Um, a little bit of 13, 13 two. And I watched someone play the whole uh, game of 15. Ooh, okay. Oh God, 15 is so bad. <laughs> Which one is so bad? Uh, you, you've not played it, so it's hard to explain why it has flaws. 15? 15. 15 has flaws. 15. Um, it's probably best to just experience it for yourself, but compared to the others, 15 is like very different. <laughs> well, as an anime cat girl, I'm a big fan of 14. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, so, but I think I think focusing back on the remake before we go to the next topic I think I just personally enjoyed it because I, I I see it as I like I like it when remakes or remasters build upon the old games because if I wanted to play the true original experience I could just go back and play the Final Fantasy 7 remaster because they did a remaster which is just slightly updated graphics which my boyfriend played, and he seemed to really enjoy it. It's actually sitting right there, but... Yeah, but, like, oh. it's not the same kind of remaster. Like, the remaster that they have of 7 is, like, a slightly better graphics engine with some cleaning up of some of the old, like, flies in the scripts, maybe. But even then, they didn't do a good job cleaning because a lot of the bugs you could take advantage of in the original 7, you could still take advantage of in the remaster. Um, but it's not what I think a lot of people, and by a lot of people, I mean me, <laughs> it's not what I think a lot of people had in mind when they were thinking of like a remake they're kind of they like and I said this in our last episode where I was there and we talked about this like they weren't going to be able to rebuild the old JRPG engine be, yeah. that we were used to because that you just can't anymore like I'm sure you can make a game that has it but it's not the kind of mainstream mainstream appeal that I think a lot of gamers are used to now um Truth be told, mm. games can have so much going on now. Like, they can be so much busier. They can handle so much happening. So they don't need to do a turn-based system where it was probably easier on the engine uh, to kind of have the game, like, right. you know. Stop and what, start Yeah, again. stop and move and stop and move. But, um, no, even with that aside, like, we kind of knew they were going to move to this type of, what did I call it before? Like, the Kingdom Hearts engine? Um, but that's not my problem with it. Like, that's fine. I actually don't hate the engine. Like, the, the battle engine, it's great. Uh, it's just what they like did to um, the additions they made to the story plot. I, I have nothing against the world building. What they did in expanding Midgar was amazing. Like, I think everyone wanted that. But it's just some of the other stuff they added in. And I don't want to, like, name anything because the game is still fresh enough that I don't feel like spoiling anything. But yeah. it's just... For the people who have, who are in the process of playing it or who are playing it for the first time and have played the original, you will end up running into some things that will make you go, why? <laughs> and I'll well, leave it at that. Well, so far, so far so good. I haven't really, so the other thing I got to say is that I don't really remember the entirety of Final Fantasy VII, even though it wasn't something I played when I was 13 or when I was younger, granted I played it when I was 20 or 21, even then, um, some of the things, it, it feels like a completely new experience to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I did I did 100% the, the Final Fantasy VII original. 
got to Knights of the Round, got to do all the um, all the limit breaks at the end and all that good stuff. But there's still some things that are in Final Fantasy VII Remake that I don't I can't connect the dots between the two. But again, I only played seven the original once all the way through. But to me, it's just I get teary eyed every time because I see all of the characters as they were realized in Advent Children in a video game that I can actually finally play. So I'm in kind of a weird demographic, but all of the reviews seem to be um, pretty positive, at, le at least from the critics, video game critics. And I mean, it's a good game. Like I said, like I have nothing bad against the game on its own merits, just if you're gonna compare it to the original that's when we can start nitpicking but other than that like the game itself was really well done and the only thing i'm curious about is what they're going to do now going forward because it's set up in a way where it's episodic and i think we've talked about this before but the only game i can think of i'm sure there are others but the only game that i can think of because i played it religiously growing up was the dot hack series which had an episodic um, way of approaching it where when you finished part one and you bought part two when it came out like a year later, it just took whatever data was on your memory card and you started off at that level with all that equipment and what have you. But I don't really know if you can do that with um, the remake. Like, it, I, I'm very curious to see what they're gonna do. Hopefully. Maybe it will be like a Mass Effect thing where you just kind of carry over a certain, well, no, because Mass Effect was an open world, kind of, where you could carry, kind of like a weird linear open world, different mm. elements of both. But yeah, I know, because that wouldn't make sense because Final Fantasy VII doesn't have any like story options for you to carry. But hopefully it would be really cool if you could keep your equipment and just go from there. I think that would be the dream. Right. I mean, if they, if they want to stay true to form, you should just be able to over-level yourself right now so when they come up with part two, you'll be at the max stats ready to go because you can max it at, like, disc one. That, that was possible in the original. I've done it because I have no life. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly how Colin plays video games. He gets all of the, all the characters, like, super strong right away, and then he just goes and... It's like, how can we break this game? Else. Like, the fun is breaking the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been playing the uh, the iOS versions of the original Final Fantasy games, which is pretty cool. But everybody knows that the best game of all time is Divinity Originals in 2. What? I'm kidding. I just been, I got sucked into the, the black hole of Larian Studios. Mm. And I put almost 200 hours into Divinity Originals in 2. And now I'm doing a second playthrough. And we just got four brand new quests because Baldur's Gate 3 got delayed, which is something I wanted to talk about. Because Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 3 was supposed to come out last week and it got delayed to August, which isn't bad. But Larian is one of those studios like CD Projekt Red that a lot of, a lot of gamers really respect and really love and, and kind of cherish. And they just said, yeah, have a free gift bag, which includes four new quests that like span the entire game and also give you this really crazy uh like power up armor that you can use like these armor sets but that's what we got um have either of you played divinity divinity 2 i'm familiar with divinity i've not played it but it's the original divinity that came out like a while ago right i think so 
Like maybe 10, 10 years ago, at least. But Divine Divinity, yeah, like early 2000s. What about Baldur's Gate? Have either of you played any of the Baldur's Gate games? One or two? I know they were staggered throughout the 90s and early 2000s. Mm, I just know it's like, what, RPG? Yeah, it's uh, it's a D and D. It's it's a D and it's an official D and D video game, but it's uh, made by Larian Studios, which is the same studio that makes Baldur's um, Gate and Divinity. Neverwinter Nights, I think, is a different studio, even though they still have the D and D tag. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard, I like I'm familiar with Baldur's Gate because like it existed concurrently to like the same kind of um, hangs that I would go to when I would play games with friends, but I never got into it myself, which isn't to say that I wouldn't get into it now, because the idea of like a D&D based game does sound very fun. Probably moves a lot faster than an actual D&D game does. I just started DMing a a D&D campaign, and I'm just, I'm so deep into the campaign. It's, it's just consuming all aspects of my life, but it's worth it because having the payoff in, in your campaign is, it's, it's a lot of fun. I definitely recommend it. But I never played Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 either. It was just, I played Divinity 2 and it's like, oh, the same studio also is going to make Baldur's Gate 3 and it's basically the same game. So like, hell yeah. But Divinity 2 is this incredible turn-based it's a it's a turn-based style american rpg or western rpg and it's medieval setting and medieval kind of plot story magisters are basically like the fascists of the realm and they're trying to literally collar all the sorcerers and put them all in one place to apparent allegedly the magic that the sorcerers uses attracts these demons from the deep It's, it's really cool but it's a whole big thing but speaking of studios that are like beloved by gamers, um, CD Projekt Red announced that Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be delayed again. Again. <laughs> again. And I, I, I do want to bring up, because this is something I've been very vocal about on Twitter, I want to bring up the controversy surrounding CD Projekt Red because CD Projekt Red is now in a position where they have literally doubled down on promoting the fact that you can play a completely customizable transgender character canon in the character creator. You can, Are we talking about the genitals? Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but this was something that, that they promoted and they have said you're going to be able to play trans characters across the whole gender spectrum. They've been saying this for a while. Everybody, the um, anime cat girl Twitter <laughs> has been relentlessly over the past year attacking CD Projekt Red because of a tweet from two, three years ago. They, they someone tweeted the, uh, did you just assume my gender? Like that, that old joke, but, like it's like it's 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 stupid like like they they knew it was stupid it's it's yes it, it's it it can be taken in an offensive context but i don't care personally about it if a video game studio that makes quality games says a joke that's relatively mundane at least to me i, I understand how some people really get can be hurt by things like that but 
to discredit an entire video game studio and try to try to convince other people to boycott a game and literally having people saying that everybody that works there is a Nazi. It's too much. Like it's not, it's not an appropriate response or not a proportionate response, not a proportionate response, I should say. I get it. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, attack helicopter jokes are pretty, uh, yeah, and it's it's the same, it, it's the same thing, and I, I feel like attack helicopter jokes are worse because it's but both of them are like it's just something you roll your eyes at now, and they've they've downplayed it, and it's the the other thing was is that there was an artist who, when questioned about this, came out and said that they were pansexual, and that they were interested in sexually everybody. And they had drawn an art poster of a trans woman, of an aroused trans woman, but the, the, the slogan was mix it up. Why the trans woman had to be aroused, I get, that, I get that it wasn't. But then again, the justification was that they were saying that they were hyper-sexualizing a woman to promote a soft drink, which is a commentary on dystopian on cyberpunk dystopian future and about how corporations will just use sex to sell products. So I, I really want to know what, what, what you two think of that. I think we've talked about this before, but cyberpunk is dominating all everybody's YouTube channel, everybody's newsfeed. It's, that's, it's going to be the game, probably going to be the game of the year. So it's going to be something that is on the tip of everybody's tongue, no matter what. Well, I'm, I'm not looking to walk into a minefield without knowing more about it. I'll be honest, I know very little about Cyberpunk 2077, with the exception of the uh, customize your genitals meme, and only yeah. because it is a meme. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do know the game looks beautiful, and I am very curious to see how it plays when it comes out, but everything that you've told me I wasn't aware of, and my first gut instinct is to be a little critical of the studio right but it's like i said i need more information because you know it, i can't fault every developer at the studio for such a thing but i can definitely um level my displeasure at the studio for sure but like i said i'm a little bit um, not the best person to ask on this topic hmm. Any, um, any, so I just, I just want to say that uh, I did do a lot of, I've been following the story very closely. I've been talking about it a lot on Twitter. And from that, re I don't want to say research, but like from all that time I spent following the story, those are the two big things that everybody points to. They, they point to the, the tweet from three years ago, and then, and then they point to, to, to that article now rock paper shotgun actually i think has the 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 article that spurred the conversation but it turns out that 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 that, that poster that mix it up poster was hmm. it was it was an independent artist who was in charge of making basically their job was to make hypersexualized advertisements to put in the in-game world and they said hey I'm pansexual, why don't we portray a trans woman to be inclusive? And this particular artist, when questioned, they said that they were surprised by the backlash because they thought that people would 
kind of understand that the theme of Cyberpunk 2077 was that everybody in the future is accepted for who they are. Trans men, trans women, non-binary anybody, because that's the other thing is that you can mix and match your exterior features and how you portray your gender, which is awesome. And they, they were really kind of reinforcing that notion. And this particular artist had said, I really, I really didn't mean anything by that. They just were trying to create an art, a piece of art that fit in a dystopian corporate future that was run by these mega corporations. So that being said, uh, Jordy, what's, what's your take on that? Um, honestly, I'm all for it. Um, I have the, <laughs> uh, usually when it comes to topics about these, I, I don't feel at all bad for people who are so butthurt over like picking whatever you want, you know, customize your character. But the minute you mention that they're like, they're withdrawn. They just get so upset. And it's like, dude, you play RPG games or you can just play as any mythical creature you want you can play as an elf you can play as an orc like let me just pick my gender <laughs> like it's not hurting anybody yeah and it's just like die mad about it i guess i'm mad well, about it well 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 you bring up the point <laughs> is that is that yes there are a lot of there are there is a lot of pushback from the gamer world and from uh, about being able to customize your gender uh, that is like a thing that's up here in like a separate realm and, and it exists, but it's like, yeah, like exactly get over it. We're going to hit like, we have representation now. It's amazing. I, yeah. think, I think the one, the one segment kind of down here that I was addressing, um, are, are segments within the trans community who are, who feel like CD Projekt Red should be boycott, uh, boycotted, discredited and, and brought down because of this poster and the tweet from three, from three years ago. And my take on it is it's a tweet from three years ago and they're giving us transgender characters and the person who made that hypersexualized art of a trans woman said that their job was to, that it's, it's a dystopian future, that, that in their minds, trans people were already automatically assumed to be included in, in equality and that way you would see so if you were walking down the street and you saw a poster that was trying to sell you something with a with a that was trying to sell your average man something with a sexy woman one poster could be a cisgender woman the next poster could be a trans woman and that average joe walking down the street that was being targeted by that ad would be like nice to both of them not saying that that is correct because that's misogyny obviously you know like things like that that's that's hyper sexualization of women and it's has its own connotation of, of problems but that's exactly the point that's what they were saying is they were trying to draw attention to the fact that in this world corporations rule everything so everything is exploited and hyper sexualized for money which is it's that's the theme and that's the point that they're trying to portray. They're trying to, to do social commentary. But there's a small segment over here within the trans community that is, is causing basically this big commotion about the poster itself and about how it's, how it's allegedly transphobic 
and then also about the transphobic tweet from three years ago that kind of they say oh and this let's bring that over because you know and they say oh they, they're transphobic fascists and it's it's too much of a generalization and that's the and that's the the thing that is i keep going back to i think that's more specifically what i what i i, I wanted to get your thoughts on you know i just did some homework real quick on it to kind of bring myself up to speed and i think i'm more upset with the uh the tweet than i am with the poster because the poster yeah. i completely understand what you're saying and if the name of the game is to create a dystopic future where everything is extremely commercialized and essentially it's post-capitalist society uh, yeah of course they're going to be doing stuff like that all right that actually makes sense at a quick look, it looks like it falls within the confines of the game well enough that it isn't blatantly like, oh, look at this trans woman on a poster with a bulging, yeah. you know. <laughs> but I, I just saw the picture for the record. Um, I also know some trans people who would probably love this poster. <laughs> um, included. With that said, I actually take more offense to the tweet because A, I, yeah. it's extremely lowbrow and not funny as someone who does stand up like did you assume their gender jokes are like the worst possible thing get out of here with your like 2014 humor like right come on <laughs> but the posters you know i'm okay with that actually i'm fine with that because it, it fits the narrative and um aesthetically it looks good yeah jordy do you have any uh yeah any any thoughts on that specifically now that we've kind of like expanded and, and clarified a couple of things? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with the poster. I mean, the tweet is just very like, yeah, take your old meme and yeah. just like let it die. It's just not funny anymore. And it's just. <laughs> so so I think we're all in agreement that the tweet is trash. Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. Well, the, the first problem is Twitter itself. That is trash. So anything that you put on it is most likely going to be trash as well. So yeah. <laughs> I do, I do, for the record, I do like the poster and I, I, I think it fits within the world of dystopian, like a dystopian corporate cyberpunk world. Mm -hmm. I just think it fits. I but, just can't believe they'd be so bold as to create this poster. <laughs> right, well, well, again, the artist who drew it was very, I don't, I don't think they specifically said that they were pan, but they said that they were attracted to everybody, which kind of alludes to, to being pan, and that they said that, I think the exact quote was, this person is someone who I find extremely attractive. So I wanted to, to, in, to put them on a poster, and I was, uh, they said in, in their minds that in this, like I said, in this future world, everybody was already at a level of equality. They, that, that equality amongst everybody was kind of assumed because of body modification, because we can, that's the whole thing, body modification, you can swap out, you can change your gender, you can change your appearance, you can change basically everything about your body. You can be 90% cyborg. Oh, I love concepts like that. That reminds me of a game that came out in the early 90s. Here's my, here's my time to, to steal the spotlight and talk about the 90s or better. Uh, this reminds me of a game that came out in the early 90s that actually utilized something similar where you could augment yourself with cybernetics. And one of the um, layers of the game was that if you continued to augment yourself, you would have to roll for sanity checks. 
because as you become more um, cybernetic, you lose your humanity. So um, that was a fun element. And uh, they probably aren't going to include something like that in this, but I imagine if they did, that would actually make it even more fun than it probably already is going to be. But what game is that? I gotta get you the. I have to. I'll have to look up the name because I don't have it off the top of my head. But I found it actually through a uh, a collection of transmedia, because in that game you had the opportunity to do a complete like gender reassignment surgery, but it was considered a cybernetic implant, so you could be canonically trans, but it would come at like two two sanity checks. So it's like I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> But hey, you know, it was like 91 or 92 when it came out. So, you know, kudos to them. Wow. The golden age of problematic queer media. Right? <laughs> so that being said, just to tie that all together, the official release date is November 19th now. It was delayed twice, but I would rather have them release a polished game than something that was rushed. Also, true. yes, I, I, I do think that just kind of, shuffling back to Square Enix here for a second before we go to the next topic. I do think that they nailed the gender fluid scene with Cloud. I think that they took something that was going to potentially be problematic and they made it something that was good, I think. Jordy, what do you think about that? Did you, did you have you seen the, the scene? The, the gender I did. Scene? I did. I thought it was very, very cute. It was just Chef's kiss, beautiful. Nice. That's probably the best description <laughs> of it. Chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jordan, uh, what did you what did you think of how they executed that scene specifically? All right, uh, it's gonna get my patented. I don't hate it, but oh, no, <laughs> um, no, it, it was good. My only complaint was that the um, honeybee in was not nearly that flushed out. Um, <laughs> like the honey. My understanding of the honeybee in was that it was like this dirty, grimy, like, gentleman's club nestled in the corner of the slums. And they made it look so shiny. <laughs> like, it's like they, they gave it a thorough wash and then, like, fixed it up a little bit. I'm like, ah, this is not my honeybee in. There needs to be, like, someone passed out in the corner somewhere. <laughs> they just but renovated no. it. They're like, all right, tear it down. We need right? a new building. Tear it down and build it. <laughs> make it slummier but mm -hmm. now other than that like the scene itself was okay it was just a little uh exaggerated for my likings the whole uh cloud ending up being in a uh like a dancing type scenario yeah <laughs> the dancing scenario was interesting it was like uh just dance i think it's the name yeah, yeah just dance it was like just dance ddr just was... dance honeybee in addition <laughs> yes one of the things I really wanted to talk about, I think, I think we can kind of just kind of smooth over Star Wars Squadrons. I mean, that's a cool looking game that's going to come out. It's a new Star Wars game. Hopefully it'll only be 40 bucks. Um, have both of you seen the trailer for that? God, that series is going to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, I think the one thing I wanted to talk about specifically was the guy that was running that EA play press, or the, um, that EA press conference wasn't really a press conference it was kind of like it was he was in a studio like by himself and he was overacting everything and it was really cheesy and kind of cringy and 
it was just it was hard to watch. Wait, what was this? It was uh it was an it was an E I think it was an EA play event technically or I don't know if it was called something different, but it was an EA event where they announced the new skate game, which was supposed to be the big announcement, but they never they didn't show any gameplay. Okay. They didn't show a trailer, they just had the two creators talking about the next skate game. They talked about all the EA sports games, like what um and they revealed a new gameplay trailer for Star Wars Squadron, which is a five V five fighter combat simulator. But the whole thing kind of fell flat and it wasn't really that interesting. But Star Wars Squadrons looks cool, I guess. I mean, it probably looks good, but like how many more ways can you do a Star Wars Squadron-like game? I mean, they've been doing them since the early 90s. Yes. So. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's a standalone game. Hmm. So, okay. I'm really excited about this. Ratchet and Clank, Canon Trans character. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. That is a game I did not expect to, like, survive the test of time. Right. Jordy, you look like you want to say something. I love her. <laughs> I would die for her, 100%. <laughs> and we are going to, we're going to watch it right now. Oh, I'm gonna hell yeah. stealing our screen? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love this because we can still make commentary in real time. Yes. <laughs> So I'm going into this blind, by the way. I didn't know there was a canon trans character. Really? Okay. It's true. I'll explain everything after the fact. Let's probably turn this down a little bit so you don't get copyright claims. That's right. There we go. <laughs> okay. YouTube is unforgiving. Unless I know. Funny. So bad. But this game just looks adorable. It looks so good. Between the two, like, duo, <sighs> wow, already, this game yeah, is well, this is, uh, this um, is about PS5. Jeez. So like, I guess I'm pleasantly surprised that, like, it's Ratchet and Clank that survived, whereas Jax and Daxter kind of fell into the wayside. <laughs> I like Ratchet and Clank more, as far as, um, a cute protagonist with a goofy sidekick goes yes i mean i i didn't i, I haven't played any of the ration and clank games but i'm going to now <laughs> um plus it looks amazing so notice that this character has a tail um the females all, all i'll say is that the females of this world if i have it correctly the females of this world don't actually have tails they, it's like it's like almost like a like a bunny tail if anything whereas the, the species that are born male have the the longer the longer more prominent big floofy adorable tails. Yeah. So that was her. Yeah. Huh. That was it. It's bold. It's bold. That is my uh, that is my uh, first instinct. It's also bold. <laughs> no, okay, it's not so bad. I like that. Yeah, she's cute. She's fun. She's definitely gonna have a lot of people cosplaying as her. <laughs> and I already see that happening. 
lot of lot of furries. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, the only the only Blair White quote of 2020 that I will put on my podcast. Oh. Rock on furries, Blair White 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks anyway. for that. Yes. Um, Wizards of the Coast. Um, there is, I believe, two new editions of Magic the Gathering that came out this year that are, that are going to come out this year. I, I might be, I may be wrong on that. I don't really play Magic. I have a friend that's into it. But what I do know specifically is that um, we had the release of Theros, uh, Mythic Odysseys of Theros for Dungeons and Dragons, which uh, allowed players to play as uh, wood nymphs. Hmm. Um, and then there is Icewind Dale, which is going to be another expansion. So I'm actually going to look that up right now because I'm saying wood nymphs, but I know that they're, they're called something different. Uh, but Theros, is also, I believe, connected to Magic the Gathering, and like they're all kind of connected to each other. Oh, satyrs, female oh, satyrs. Satyrs. Yes. Satyrs. Ooh. I have a cute trans themed satyr comic to send to you. Really? Oh my god. Yes. yes. <laughs> Such a thing exists, and I have it, and it's relevant to this conversation. But that was it. Um, Ghost of Tsushima is coming out next month, which I'm really excited about. That's exciting. The gameplay trailer for that was like, I think the most recent one was, I think they just played 10 minutes of it. So the whole long thing, probably not gonna gonna go through the whole thing here just because we have so much to talk about in general, but um, it does exist. Uh, I think I, I'll post it on the Twitter if it's not already there, but that's a game I'm really excited about. That release date is officially 717. So next month we're getting Baldur's Gate 3 from Larian Studios, and we're getting Ghost of Tsushima, and we just got a new D&D, uh, a new D&D module. Excellent. Hey, Colin, I'll see you in, in six months. <laughs> <laughs> so does, does anybody specifically have any upcoming game releases that they're really excited about between now and December? Well, I'm always more of like a vintage gamer. Uh, retro gamer, so, so is uh, I'm always slow to get to the uh, uh, the punch when it comes to new games, but nothing really jumps out to me at the moment, unfortunately. I haven't really been playing much new games, sadly. Although I, I am I looking, that, I hear that exact same thing from Colin like every week. <laughs> Although, and this is going to be very normy of me, but I am currently being talked into buying a Switch. <laughs> Oh, I might be getting a Switch because everyone wants me to play the gay animal game, and I will play the gay animal game. (laughs) I need a Switch for Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Jordy, tell tell us about Animal Crossing New Horizons because all of my friends say it's one of the best games they've ever played in their lives, apparently, so. Tell us about the Animal Crossing Uh, game. Um, so I, um, oh, it came out this year in like March. I haven't stopped playing it. <laughs> um, it's been Are you playing it immersive. right now? I mean, I can. <laughs> yes, Animal Crossing. I just love it so much. And it was just one of those series where like I grew up with it and it was very nostalgic to play it. And I was just very happy to just 
see it evolve and just just makes me very very happy it, it just it cures my depression just a little bit you know <laughs> but so is, um is tom nook really that bad of a that, that bad of a dude no he is not there's <laughs> have you heard of the no, animal crossing like black market economy they are far worse than tom nook he's just a little raccoon <laughs> yeah tom nook is fine you're just in a, you're like just an indentured just, servant to a furry whatever in cases <laughs> yeah he's he's chill furry. he doesn't like your house it's like i <laughs> your bells are your life kiddo <laughs> exactly <laughs> But no, there's been like people outside of the community who have like tried to like, hey, you want a certain character? Give me fifty dollars IRL, and you can. Have My God. So this is like so, yeah, really it's just. I mean, everybody that I yeah. know into it is like into it. <laughs> like it's, oh, yeah. it's really intense for a game about building an island for adorable animals. <laughs> Yeah, some people just forget that it's just a, a game to enjoy, not really a game to like, you know, <laughs> right. like it's supposed to be just like a chill kids game, like not like I want these characters and I will give you all my money. I want a perfect island. And because like, there was this one person who was like on Twitter for the longest time where she would like um, offer like her services if you paid her a certain amount of money. So she would go to your island, and it was, it was, like, ridiculous. It was, like, $300 for her to, like, go to your island and completely, like, turn into, like, a cottagecore fantasy. Oh but, like, she, but, yeah, she ended up being outed because she was super homophobic. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, like, her community and her Discord is just slowly dropping, and we live for that, honestly. <laughs> so there is, like, the bad side towards it, but if you don't deep into okay, that, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much it. It's really great. It's really fun. It's, it's very chill. I love the purple, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. So any other upcoming games that you're excited about or that you can think of? Um, I kept seeing um, stuff about Crash. Oh, yeah. Ago. Crash. Mm-hmm. He's a good boy. <laughs> it's another game I, never, I never really got into, but our friend Jessica has been talking about Crash nonstop. Mm. Also, Magic, because she's she's the one that plays Magic: The Gathering, which is like a whole other community. This is really uh, the the customizable card game community is is also really intense. <laughs> Apparently, there is a new Crash game. Well, it's coming. Yeah, oh, I know. So. 2020. Oh, but it's been leaked. That's all I know. The Wonder Woman 1984? Is it, is it 83 or 84? Or 82? 84. 84. Wonder Woman 1984 and Black Widow, I think, are finally um, going to be coming out this year between August and September. But I'm going to bring up the Cyberpunk 2077 new trailer that came out a couple of days ago the one that i i posted in the chats to everyone here yeah, here it is okay official playstation i think that's the one i'm looking for all right so before we go back to that i am genuinely curious about everybody's covid19 anime lists 
my god. I is finally an caught Animal up Crossing on... an anime? You don't want to know what I'm watching right now. You really don't. Uh, Beastars? Because Beastars is great. <gasps> I did watch Beastars. And I have mixed feelings. <laughs> Beastars triggered a furry awakening in me. <laughs> I have weird feelings about oh, Beastars. No. <laughs> because there are like some topics that are kind of... Mm, Edgy. R-word-ish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm mixed about those. But the aesthetic of Beastars is gorgeous. The story plot of Beastars is drug-addled. And I don't really know, um, like, I watched it, and then I didn't stop watching it, and then, like, six hours passed, uh, and then six hours of my life was gone, and my yeah. knowledge about an anime that I didn't know I needed. <laughs> that pretty much summarizes my feelings about Beastars. No shame. I was, like, super into it. Colin put it on, and I was like, what is this? This is great. Why am I enjoying this so much? Um, there was another anime that I'm watching right now, too, and, um, it's really kind of, like, dumb and cutesy, but I gotta figure out what the name of it was, because I, um, I don't have the, uh, anglicized name off the top of my head. Um, we finally started watching Tokyo Ghoul, which I know Jordy is a fan of. Yes. And it's nice. Glorious. Yes. Lots of, co- lots of potential cosplay. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, what is this anime? Little, little late on the, little bit late, just a little bit on the Tokyo Ghoul train, but we did also finish um, Attack on Titan season three, finally. Ah, uh, Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. What is it? Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. <laughs> God. What is it about? Uh, what? It's amazing. Uh, it's about a spirit that, um, so it's like, <laughs> all right. We we know we know she's wicked problematic right now, but like, you know, that book that that one person made called Harry Potter. Uh, oh, jeez. You know how there's that character moaning Myrtle. I I, I actually I. That's all right. I never finished Harry Potter either. It's okay. Um, so essentially, you have this ghost that haunts like this restroom, and in this school filled with like wonders of the world, and. I don't know, just watch it. Like, normally my descriptions of anime are better than this, but, like, I have no idea how to summarize this, other than the fact that the art is adorable, and it's got ghosts. And who doesn't love ghosts? I love ghosts. <laughs> I'm sold. Perfect. <laughs> Discord. I'll drop it in the Discord. So the, the, the other thing I want to do is just, I want to share the screen for the cyberpunk trailer and then I just want to close out with some thoughts on that and then just kind of close out with some 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 social commentary uh, so let's see we're gonna start here so this is the newest cyberpunk 2077 trailer I think that volume should work but <clears throat> When it got delayed, they released this trailer. We're like, hey, here's here's kind of I like that. Hey, <laughs> the, you want this, the, but you can't have it. So here's a taste. Sorry. <laughs> I, I love I love that I love that there's three women in an alley kicking the crap out of some dude. 
it's like that's the whole thing is they're trying to like put these spin all these tropes uh put these tropes on their heads because it's a totally different world it's it's supposed to feel familiar but different enough even though this this trailer focuses on um on the uh your average male v which it sounds like bender <laughs> is it john dimaggio <laughs> it might be but i think this is the first in a series of three three or four different um little mini trailers that they're going to release for cyberpunk which is cool because we have a lot to look forward to each month we're going to see a little bit more i think if it goes according to plan if i understand the the timeline prior to launch correctly it's an attractive game oh god yeah. then as soon as i say that it's like one more <laughs> and uh the, the vehicles too there's a lot of really good uh vehicle combat allegedly interactions with like just kind of jacking a car and just driving it around shooting out the window Oh, and Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I noticed that. Like, I noticed there's a Keanu Reeves um, model. <laughs> what are your thoughts about that, by the way? I'm always torn when I see famous um, actors and actresses repurposed for uh, game skins. Like, my brain has a bit of a cognitive dissonance going on where it's like, you're not Keanu Reeves. But it is, because it's his <laughs> It is, though. You did the... Um, the motion capture and, and the voice and everything. What did uh, Hideo Kojima do with, um, uh, what, what game am I thinking of? Where he used uh, What's-His-Face from The Walking Dead. Death Stranding. Death Stranding. Yes. Like, that That was the first time I ever actually really, well, that's not true because The Last of Us uses, like, the Ellen Page knockoff. But uh, I just don't know why they, they do that. By the way, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is October 2nd of this year. And Black Widow is, ooh, I don't think they even have. Oh, November 6th, okay. Supposed to come out in April, coming out on November 6th. All right, anybody have anything they wanna say about any of the stuff we talked about specifically? Yeah, are you going to play Final Fantasy IX? I am. <laughs> nice. I'm going to play it on my Twitch channel. Because right. my channel has morphed into a JRPG channel, which morphed into a mostly Final Fantasy games channel. Well, <laughs> let me know when you play, and I'll, uh, I'll tag along for the adventure. Oh, okay. All right, I still haven't finished 7. It's okay. But I'm also going to help you uh, figure out how to play um, Tetra Master. It's like Triple Triad, but it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like they a use a card game in that game as well. But, like, you right. don't actually need to play it to advance the story plot. So, just on occasion, you run into it. So, uh, thank you both for coming on the show. Um, I, think, I think it's obvious. Uh, I don't think we have, I, don't, I think it's obvious to most people that we support Black Lives Matter. I think, I don't, I don't think that really. Right. But, yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it at the end just to have it on the record. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. I, am, I stand behind the protests 100%. This is a social movement of unprecedented enormity 
and as far as its, its gravity, its effect, its impact, its, its cultural significance, uh, this is probably the most important single movement of our time. And I'm happy to be a part of it. I would like to go to more demonstrations. I've been to one that was a huge turnout. Got some photos um, of the kind of the area that we were in, but I'm happy to be happy to see change actually happening as turbulent as it is. Please wear a mask. And yes, please wear a mask. That's all I ask. Yeah. Yes, everybody, everybody should wear a mask. <laughs> Black Lives Matter, wear a mask. <laughs> I think I think we hit all the buttons, right? I think so. Yeah. And happy, this is a happy Pride, happy conclusion oh, of Pride Month, officially, everybody. The end of June. We have any, like, Pride memorabilia, like, rainbow flags. We can throw up real quick. Wow, you'd think mm -hmm. one of us would have a rainbow flag somewhere. I have a trans Pride flag in my pin. It's close enough. Very nice. <laughs> I have one. Oh, I can't reach it. It's on my purse. It's a. It's, it's attached to my purse. But I ordered. I ordered a pride shirt, a D and D pride shirt, but it didn't show up in time, unfortunately. Bad. So I'm. I'm getting. I'm getting my my Pride Month shirt in July. So. Okay. Anybody else have anything to add last minute? I don't think so. I don't think so, but I do like this format of having multiple uh, Jordies in one show. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think we should reapproach this in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Dynamic. Agreed. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you both. Us. I think uh, we're going to turn it back to, um, we, will, uh, we will call Steve our producer. So we'll say uh, we'll, we're going to cut it back to our producer. Uh, and thank you both for joining me.